0: So last week you said you were going hunting. Yes. And?
1: I didn't go. Oh. <laughs> I thought you had I the know, schedule I, clear. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Uh, but the good Lord had different plans, so I couldn't go hunting, uh, but that's okay. All right, all right. So where are we going to, do we have future plans for hunting? Like, y- yeah. Like, like calendared, like? Yeah, no, every single one of my hunts are in my calendar. Oh. <laughs> that's <laughs> nice. how, how it has to work. Yep. Uh, we'll see. We'll see when the good Lord wants me to sit in a deer stand. And you were supposed to do that last Wednesday when it was cold. Yeah, no, it was the cold front last week was sent by God. Definitely. For hunters. Yeah. To have a cold front like that uh, at the beginning of the season in October just doesn't happen. Usually you're battling mosquitoes and sweat in, uh, in October. What are Mosquitoes. No. Oh, that's the state bird for Louisiana. I'm sorry. Uh, I got it. I remember my dad asked me, you know, why why did God create mosquitoes? And I said, because God is upset with humanity over <laughs> sin. And he's like super PO'd about it. And sure. that was my explanation of, of why mosquitoes exist. And then you went into a whole spiel about redemptive suffering. No. <laughs> I said there's <laughs> nothing about it. So just, you just got to grit your teeth and go with it. Love it. So, uh... What are we talking about today? Well, for the homily this past weekend, I kind of went into the gospel, but something I I didn't touch on uh, because, the I, you know, you kind of pick one topic. I remember, did we talk about this? It's going to be a graphic image if we haven't used it already, called Drowning the Puppies. Ooh, <laughs> do we want to go there? <laughs> I remember. We're going to get boycotted by some okay. animal-loving group. That's okay. Uh, and so for what? For, Part of my homily thing, some of the best advice I ever got was from a priest in Lafayette. I won't say his name. Uh, He says, Tell us. uh, He says, Dude, (laughs) you got to drown the puppies. And I said, What? He says, All of your homily ideas, they're going to be great. They're going to be so cute. They'll be so cuddly. You're going to want them all. But you could only choose one. So you have to just choose one. The rest of them, you got to get rid of. And so he used the analogy, drowning the puppies. Okay. So we're not we're not literally <laughs> no. drowning puppies. No, okay, good, but uh, it's yeah, so I, I was, was th- thinking you were gonna connect that to baptism, not mm, to homily. Well, <laughs> uh, and in baptism, no. Uh, so that's that's kind of the idea. You want to pick just one thing, and you really want to kind of go into it and stuff like that, because you don't want to bring up ideas or themes that don't connect. Sure. That's going to be really weird. People aren't going to follow it, or at least I don't follow it. So I didn't really talk about St. Paul's letter to Timothy. Timothy was uh, a young aspirant underneath St. Paul, and St. Paul is writing this letter to Timothy as St. Paul is about to be killed. So this is, I think, I believe, St. Paul's last letter that we have recorded, uh, second letter to Timothy, uh, even toward the end. And, uh, one of my favorite lines in all of scripture comes from this passage. Tell us. Let me, let me read it for you. I have competed well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, the crown of righteousness awaits me, which the Lord, the just judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearance. Just that one line, I have kept the faith, I have competed well, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. That is such a a line of consolation uh, to anyone that works in the vineyard. Isn't that not the life that we live though, right? Like, Mm. I think a lot
0: of times we just go through the motions day in, day out, right? Um, I ran into a quote recently that said, don't live the same year over and over and over again and call it a life, right? I think those of us who are Christians who make an effort to follow the Lord, we compete daily for our salvation and for the salvation of others around us, hopefully to the point where we're exhausted at night.
1: Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's trying, it's difficult to be holy, right? You don't, you don't accidentally trip and fall into heaven. Like you have to, you have to work at it. Mm -hmm. Like this is a trying ground. This is, this is not our home on earth. And so it is a testing ground. And so that, that line from St. Paul, I have competed well. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I always imagined I would love to kind of be praying in a graveyard one day and then like pass up a, a tombstone and that'd be the quote they have on it. Mm. That'd be awesome. Because essentially that would be that's like the perfect liner, you know, to kind of go out on. I've, I've, And, and St. Paul, very confident. The crown of righteousness awaits me. Yeah. So that's, that's like one of my favorite lines, probably my favorite line in all of scripture. I don't, uh, on my holy, on my prayer card for ordination, I didn't put it because, you know, I'm just starting the race. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I used another line from scripture, another favorite quote of mine, <clears throat> But, yeah, that one from St. Paul is, is pretty powerful. almost made a youthful joke, but I decided I'd pass on it. <laughs> I'm just starting the race. <laughs> yeah. No, it's – but one day you know, to kind of have that on your head, so, but really mean it. Like St. Paul, he didn't write anything he didn't really mean. Yeah. I mean, like think about an athlete in the
0: arena, <laughs> in, on the field, um, on the court, right? Like when they grab that trophy, they've earned it. Yeah. And, and 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 they can almost boast in the right that like they fought hard for that and they left nice. it all on the field and I think that's what Paul's saying when he says, you know, the crown of righteousness waits for me. I would imagine some people can get hung up on, you know, this like pridefulness that maybe he had. And I'm sure Paul had some pridefulness, read his letters, right? That that's probably something that he struggled with over and over again. Right. Um, And yet I, I don't know if there's a pridefulness in, in his, proclamation of the crown of righteousness i think he knows he has struggled through this life in this competition for salvation for heaven
1: and he's earned it right yeah the uh We'll go into humility and pride because that's in the gospel. But just kind of... Well, see, you're welcome. I was setting you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, but your you comment on like, you know, competing well and like the athletes. St. Paul in, in another letter has this kind of analogy. It's like, well, look at how these athletes compete, right? And look how much they train for. And said, so, should we not train even harder? There's a, there's a homily I'm waiting to give. Yeah, whenever that reading comes up, I have, five, away yet. I have five points five reflections, five points in regards to what makes an athlete a true champion. There's five, I think five main points that make like just growing up around athletes, even that competed professionally in various sports. I think there's five qualities that make an athlete, uh, head and shoulders above the rest. And I'm a, I can't wait to kind of relate that to how that correlates to the spiritual life. Mm like how you're just leaving us in suspense there. yeah well whenever it i have no idea when that reading's coming up it could be in like three years or something uh
0: we had a big old discussion about that at rcia and just the cycle of readings and why this reading
1: on this sunday i said because a council far smarter than us yeah has decided. a, a group of group of people <laughs> so but saint paul whenever he talks about like competing well i've ran the race i've fought the good fight a big part of that you brought it up is fighting our pride Mm -hmm. and growing in humility. Mm -hmm. And that's where the gospel comes in. Jesus brings in these, this kind of image of the Pharisee that who's doing all good works. Let's not ignore that. Uh, he, He says, I am not like the rest of humanity, right? I am not greedy. I'm not adulterous. I fast twice a week. I even pay tithes on everything I earn. Like these are, let's just take a moment to recognize these are very good works. It's very good and holy that you're not adulterous. It's very good and holy that you pay tithes uh, to the church and for the furthering of God's kingdom. It's very good and holy that you're not greedy or, you know, prone to anger or any of these things. That's very, that's holy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, but the other one was a tax collector. Now, tax collectors at that time were very evil, right? They, were, they exploited people for the maximum gain of them, right? So the Romans allowed these tax collectors. They still do that today, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> and so the common uh, like an, an analogy would be like, oh man, I, I say this kind of tongue in cheek, right? It's like, man, these lawyers, they're just kind of doing all this and they're just trying to get the maximum. Like we will say that, but there are good lawyers, Right, there there are good law- lawyers that really try to defend the, the poor or and, and, and seek justice and um, and all that. Right. A prime example, our pastor, Father Brady. <laughs> he was a lawyer. So there are <laughs> there are there are good lawyers. At that time people there weren't good tax collectors. Yeah. like the reason why you became a tax collector is so that you can cheat the system and get paid mm. because it was like a written rule that you can ex- you can tax as much as you want the government will only take this and so what however much you tax that's how much you will pocket and so it was well, I'm going to tax as much as I can because I want to pocket as much as I can. There's nothing that's going to stop that. Nothing. And so tax collectors were evil men in, in their practices. But Jesus said that the tax collector went home more justified than the Pharisee. Why did he say that? Pride. Mm-hmm. It was pride that ruined the Pharisee. He said, when he went to pray, he prayed to himself. I prayed to myself, Lord, I'm so happy I'm not like the rest of humanity. He didn't see a need for conversion. He didn't see a need to ask God. Oh man, that's a good one. He didn't see a need to ask God for anything. He did, what did he ask God for? Nothing. Because he saw himself as God. I, um,
0: when I was the youth minister at St. Peter's in Karen Crow, um, you know, that's where we went to church, and that's where we received our sacraments. And we had a priest who was visiting from India who was in residence with us for a while. And I went to confession one day, and he said, you're kind of touching on you know, a line that I often come back to. He said, you know what's wrong with you Americans? Um, I said, no, what's wrong with this? (laughs) I said, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot, right? He said, uh, you don't know what it is to need. Mm. You've never known what it is. You've never experienced need because all your wants, most of your wants are satisfied. Yeah. Right. Um, and I thought that that was really profound. And if we can't tap in kind of like the Pharisee, if we can't tap into our, our need for God,
1: then we don't feel Mm. like we need anything. Yeah. And this pride, that is the capital sin. That is the deadliest sin. Uh, our generation is hyper-focused on sins of the flesh, sins of lust. But in reality, the church, while she has written stuff on the on lust, you know, and how to overcome it and stuff, the church is way more focused on pride. And it has been in every single age. And if you look at the gospels, so is Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus... Really forgave pretty quickly the sins of the flesh and spent a lot of time talking about the sin of pride. Yeah, because all sin is just a turning in on myself. Mm. All of sin, and so the more I turn in on myself, the uh, the more selfish I get, and the the more I rely on myself rather than God, and that's pride. It was pride, not lust, greed, envy, anger, or, or anything else, that made it was pride that made satan fall now while satan is angry while he is wrathful and greedy and lo- why he's all those things it was pride that made angels as demons it was pride that got us kicked out of eden mm-hmm. i want to be like god yep and so the, and i i kind of referenced um a, an epic a poem written by dante right so his famous long poem Dante's um divine comedy uh it's a reflection on heaven hell and purgatory each realm of that has seven kind of stories to it right so the first story of heaven the second story of heaven there's seven realms in heaven seven realms in purgatory seven realms in hell and they all kind of revolve around the seven lively virtues and the seven deadly sins um beautiful Man, I highly right now. It's a poem from the Middle Ages, and it's really long, so it's difficult. But I mean, some of the greatest literature ever written down. And in Dante's Inferno, right? So Dante's Paradiso is paradise, is Inferno is his reflections on hell. The very last realm of hell, where Satan resides, is not on fire, but it's frozen. Solid ice. Interesting. Yeah. And so the joke is that when hell freezes over. So, well, Mm. (laughs) uh, Dante's uh, in the Middle Ages. (laughs) uh, So it's, but he's frozen in his ways. He refuses to change. Mm. Frozen, cold, cold hearted. And uh, Satan has um, three faces in hell. Uh, of course, mocking the Holy Trinity, but he's just worshiping himself, really. He's chewing in each one of his mouths uh, a sinner, the traitors, right? So one of them is being Judas. He's flapping his wings, but he's not going anywhere. He's constantly flapping his wings, making it colder and colder, but he's not going anywhere. He's just kind of... St- Turned in on himself Making a lot of noise and movement But he's not He's not making progress And now of course And for the, for hell the That final realm Where Satan resides Is kind of the center Right so all the other realms of hell Are kind of pressured in on it Is, is putting pressure on it But Everything revolves around him you know, it's, that's pride makes me think that everything revolves around me, 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 me and not God. I so said that, that's pride. And so while that Pharisee did many good works, just like the angels did many good things, holy things, pride can make angels as demons and make even righteous men fall. Mm. On the flip side, you have the tax
0: collector with humility. With probably one of the greatest prayers ever uttered in Scripture, right? Oh God, be merciful on me, a sinner. Mm hmm. Yep. You know, I think we oftentimes, our pride gives us the opportunity to disqualify ourselves from God. Well, God doesn't want to have anything to do with me because I'm a sinner, right? Well, this tax collector knew that he was a sinner and was so humble in the presence of God that he couldn't even look up, right? But he kept his eyes downcast and prayed. I think a prayer that we should pray, all pray every day.
1: Oh God, be merciful on me, a sinner. And it hits at the very root of what humility is and what humility isn't. Humility is not despair or Self loathing. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. Mm. Humility is living in the truth. That's what humility is. I live in the truth. And so St. Paul was humble. Yeah, I was about that to say, with Saint Paul. St. Paul was very humble. He thought of God all the time. He was
0: very keenly aware of his sin, and yet he claimed the prize. Yeah, because
1: he lived in the truth that, look, God said we do these things. I have did all of them. I did them even to where I've been killed for it. And he says that if that happens, then this is going to happen. And so the prize is mine. And he... He's so humble. He'll even say, "You should be imitators of me." He's telling the, his followers, "You should imitate me in what I do." Well, he's the rabbi, right? <laughs> he's so a, to speak. Yeah, he. But he's he's telling people that's humility. Mm-hmm. That's very humbling to say. Like, if you really try to follow God, you're not going to say that unless it's a hundred percent true. Sure. The, the uh, and
0: he's teaching, right? And mm-hmm. so. It, culturally speaking, and in the and, and the reason I say he's the rabbi is because the rabbi was the teacher in in their culture, right? And and he's teaching the followers of Jesus how to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is how to follow Jesus. Look at me. Look at what I do. Do what I do. Say what I say. Right? Follow me. Be imitators. Like that's not a prideful statement because Paul is doing everything to be an imitator of Christ. Yeah, and so.
1: That humility, living in the truth. I give this example, um, you know, someone who's six five is not humble if he says he's only five ten. Right, that's just a liar. <laughs> he's not humble if he says that. Humility is not the greatest virtue. Charity is love is that she's that is the queen of all virtue, right there. Perfection of all virtue is love and charity. But humility is the first virtue. If you have humility, think of it like, I I said this in my homily, kind of the rope that holds your rosary together and each bead being a different rosary. If you have each bead being a different virtue. If you have humility, that string, then you have every virtue. If you have humility. If you don't have humility, then you have no rosary. If you don't have humility, you have no virtue. Just like that that Pharisee. Pride is a poison, and this is G.K. Chesterton. Pride is a poison, so poisonous. It poisons not only the other virtues. It poisons other vices. makes vices uh, to where they can't be cured. Because you're not, you're no longer asking God for help with them. So, any vice that the Pharisee could have had or would have had, he wasn't healed of it because, in his pride, he was stuck in his ways, just like Satan, frozen. Mm. And so, humility I live in the truth. Truthfully, I struggle with these sins, uh, and but I'm a I'm I know God. He, and he's faithful. I just need to try some. I need to keep on trying. I can't give up, right? Because God hasn't given up on me, truthfully. And that's, that's humbling. That's very humbling. Or Or truthfully, I don't struggle with these sins. And praise God, I don't. Because if I if I experienced temptation in those ways, man, I'd probably be worse off than anyone else. You know, I know me. So praise God that he saw me so weak I couldn't even deal with those temptations. That Cause that's the God honest truth. Whenever I'm not experiencing temptation or you know, these things, praise God that he sees you as so weak that you can't experience these temptations. Because if you would, then you'd probably be falling left and right. That's, that's humbling. That's living in the truth. And so someone who's humble always returns back to God because it centers around God, not myself. And we pray in humility. That's how we should pray. Humbly, I lay it before the Lord and I confess it as God sees it. And then I kind of finished. I remember I, uh, <laughs> I finished with a prayer. Uh, I had two prayers with me. So on some of, the, some of the masses, I did one, and the other ones, I did another. I had one is the Litany of Humility, which is a very powerful prayer. And then the other one I had um, Mother Teresa's Do It Anyway prayer which is a short prayer but an extraordinarily powerful prayer because in humility we should know why we do what we do why do i run the race why do i fight the good fight for the crown of righteousness that awaits me in heaven that's why we do it. I don't do it for earthly glory. I don't do it for for praise or recognition. That's all pride. Now look, the 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 divine life that we live is about crushing our pride. I call it Christ the Crusher. He's crushing our pride, <laughs> uh, and that is extraordinarily painful. Oh my goodness! It's so it's so hard. Uh, for for that to happen, that our pride and our ego be crushed. But it has to happen because Jesus doesn't work with pride. He works with the humble, the lowly of heart, just like uh, we didn't go into it, but our first reading from Sirach. And Jesus lifts up the lowly and he hears the cry of the humble, of the poor, of the lowly, the proud he doesn't have time for. Because they don't have time for him. And humility. I know why I do what I do or I don't do what I don't do. Mm. Living in the truth. That's humility.
0: I thought um, maybe we would close the podcast with the litany of humility. What do you it sounds perfect. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart hear me from the desire of being esteemed. Deliver Deliver. me, Jesus, from the desire of being loved, deliver deliver me, Jesus, Jesus. from the desire of being extolled deliver Deliver me, Jesus, Jesus. from the desire of being honored. Deliver Deliver me me, Jesus, from the desire of being praised, deliver me Jesus, from the desire of being preferred to others Deliver deliver me, Jesus, from the desire of being consulted, deliver Deliver me jesus Jesus. from the desire of being approved deliver me jesus from the fear of being humiliated deliver Deliver me me, jesus Jesus. from the fear of being despised deliver me me, jesus Jesus. from the fear of suffering rebukes deliver Deliver me jesus from the fear of being culminated deliver Deliver me me, jesus from the fear of being forgotten Deliver deliver me jesus from the fear of being ridiculed Deliver me, Jesus, Jesus. from the fear of being wronged. Deliver Deliver me, me, Jesus, from the fear of being suspected. Deliver Deliver me, me, Jesus, Jesus. that others may be loved more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others may be esteemed more than I. Jesus, Jesus, grant grant me me the the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, Jesus, grant grant me the grace to to desire desire. it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, Jesus, grant grant me me the grace grace to desire desire. it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed, Jesus Jesus, grant grant me me the the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything, Jesus grant grant me me the the grace to to desire it, That others may be holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, Jesus, grant grant me the grace to to desire desire it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So humility is the key to holiness.
1: Oh yeah. Humility is the key, the gateway. It's not the greatest virtue, but it is the first, and it is required for any other virtue. Mm. Hashtag stay humble. (laughs) Hmm. There you go. If you've
0: enjoyed this episode, we uh, invite you to share it with your friends. Be sure to like us and follow us on your podcast listener of choice. We look forward to seeing y'all this weekend. Have a great rest of your week. God bless. God bless.